Good morning. Well, it's good to be with you guys this morning. That last song we sang, worship in general, was, didn't it just fill your cup? It filled, it filled my vessel this morning. It was, it was amazing. And I know God's presence is here because his word says, where two or three are gathered in his name, not just a, a gathering of any sort, but when we gather in the name of Jesus, he is here. And so I just acknowledge Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, that you are here in our presence. And I know that God is stirring, and I know that I declare over you that you want to hear him. You want to hear his voice, and you want to see his face, and you want to be in the very throne room of God. I believe that. I believe that's why you're here today. I know you're not here by accident, but by God's choosing. I say that all the time because I know that our God is divine like that. He's personal like that. And so if you just lift your hands with me as I pray. Father, I just thank you for this moment, Lord. I pray that you would soften hearts as the seed of your word is planted. I pray, Lord, it would, um, it would fall on soft ground. Lord, that the soil of our hearts would um, lean in and be ready, Lord. And we'd have a posture of expectancy because you are a God that gives us a rhema word. And that just means you, gives a, you give us a specific word for what we need in the specific season of our lives right now, Lord. Because you're that good. So we just, we, we, we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 Are you sure about your salvation or are you shy? I got a PowerPoint today, so work with me. But to recap from last week, I talked about being sure of our salvation. If you have chosen Jesus to be in your life, then you have a security in Christ. And if you don't have Jesus in your life, we have been praying for you, and we even prayed for you this morning that you would connect with the God who loves you, and that by the end of our time together, you will receive Jesus and ask him to be the Lord of your life, so that one day you can spend eternity in heaven. That is the heart of the Father. Amen? So are you sure of your salvation, or are you shy? I shared about how when we tell our story, although it has various parts, you know, we all walk our own journey. Some of us have similarities and things we can relate to one another. What I've learned to, what I've come to realize is our story of salvation is based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ and less about our transformation. Amen. And that's why your story is just as powerful as my story. Because it's more about Jesus than it is about me and you. And so we can be confident and we can be sure and we can sing to the world the story of how Jesus saved our life. It's a sure story. And it's about the power that worketh in us. Amen? Today, I want to pose to you this question. Are you sure about your standards or are you shaky? 
Somebody say, I'm sure. You're declaring that by faith because by the end of our time together, I believe that you are going to be so sure of what you stand on and what you stand hold of that strength is going to carry you forward. You're going to be sure of where you stand. A standard is a set way. I like to break things down and make things practical. So in this talk with you, I'm going to answer the whys and the hows, okay? And so to begin, I want to give you a definition of what a standard even is, just because I have four kids and we like to bring it down to elementary level. It's a good thing. A standard is a set way, something you settle in your heart. It's, a, it's something you're fixed on. It's been established. The marker won't be moved. It's, it's a word. It's a done deal. That's what a standard is. So why do we need standards? If God knows that we're going to fail and he... He paid for our sin, past, present, and future. And if there's grace upon our life, then, then he's going to forgive us anyway. So why do we need a standard? Well, we need a standard because if, like Pastor Tyler has said before, if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. So we have to have a standard. When I was about 16 years old, I've shared this before, um, my dad had me get out a piece of paper and he wrote on the top of the paper, or he had me write, 10 standards that you will look for in a husband. 10 standards. And as a young girl, now looking back, it wasn't that I, he was trying to Tell me, if they don't have these things, then you know you can't, you shouldn't even look that way. But what he was telling me was, have a standard. Have a sure foundation. Establish things in your heart beforehand so that when things come your way, you won't be swayed. It's a standard. Are you sure about your standards? Be fixed. Have a marker that will not be moved. Amen? When we, live, when we live by a standard, we are less likely to lower our standard. And I believe that to be true even with that simple um, assignment that my, my father gave me. Because I was, I was a homeschool girl. I was um, mostly in the home all the time. And then when I decided to go to college, I left. Not just the home, but I left the island. And I was out there. But there was something in me that had some standards. Some things that weren't going to move. Some non-negotiables. To where when I went about my social life, I had a little bit more knowledge. I had a little bit more wisdom. I had a little bit more security. Because I was standing on some principles that I believed in. Do you believe we need to have a standard as people of God? Amen. Amen. How's this? If we lower our standard, we risk our testimony and the weight that it carries. And I try to figure out how 
if that was the right way to say it, because I don't want to water down the fact that it is the power of the cross and the resurrection of the cross and the blood of Jesus that paid for our sin and gave us a ticket into heaven. That's the power of our testimony. But I very well believe that we can water down our testimony when we lower our standards, when we live below the standard. Do you believe it? It's true. It's very true. And I think, to be honest, that's why there's a lot of people looking on from the outside in that are deciding that they don't want to be a part of the people of God. Because there has been a double standard. The Bible says a, double, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God is calling us to be a, a people that are sure, a people that are steadfast, a people that are stable, a security, a sure foundation. Amen? The validity of my testimony has everything to do with how I continue to represent my Savior. And that's why the weight that I carry when I come up here has as much weight as it does. Because I want what I say in public to be the same thing that I display in my personal life. Because it matters. It matters more than we realize. We need a standard. And we need to stand on Jesus. As people of God, we need to stand on Jesus. This is what Isaiah 59, 19 says. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and the glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The first thing that popped out when I read this scripture was when. When the enemy comes in like a flood. It didn't say if the enemy comes in. It said when he comes in. And this was a scripture Isaiah the prophet was prophesying about the coming Messiah. All through the Old Testament, in in the word that we stand on, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. There's a before Christ and there's an after Christ. There was the law and there was grace. And so Isaiah the prophet was prophesying of the Savior of the world coming. And he was saying that the enemy is going to come in like a flood. And didn't he come in like a flood when Jesus came down to earth on a rescue mission and went about his mission? Wasn't the enemy coming in left and right and left and right? And the enemy actually thought that he won because Jesus died on the cross. Even the disciples thought that he might have won because it didn't unfold like they had thought out in their head. The enemy today 
he's still going to come. He's going to come, and he's going to come in your mind. He's going to try and come into your marriage. He's going to try and come into your relationships, into your family. He's going to try and come into the things that God has ordained for you to do. You're going to be going along the path and saying, Lord, this is what you would have me to do. I'm being obedient to what you would have me to do. And the enemy's going to come in like a flood. And what do we do when the enemy comes in like a flood? We raise up the standard. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us has the ability to raise up the standard of Jesus Christ. And what is the standard of Jesus Christ? It's the finished work of the cross. The victory that we have in Jesus. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. My banner, he's not just my banner, but he's my banner of victory. He's my banner of victory. And so, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with me. And so in my highs and my lows, I can say, no matter what happens in my life, I have Jesus. And so I win. I win already. This home, this place is not our home. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Are you sure of your standard? How do we live by this truth? How? Why? And then how? Practical. How do we live by this truth? We stand on God's word. We got to stand on God's word. Because the enemy wants to come in and he wants to lie. He wants to discourage. He wants to knock us down. And we got to come back at him with the power, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen? So we stand on his word. Philippians 1.27 says, Above all, You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a, in a manner worthy of the good news about Jesus Christ. I just said it, but a double-minded man is unstable in all its ways. We have to be sure of the standard that we're living on, which is the word of God. And then we need to be steadfast. The Holy Spirit has provided us wisdom. He's provided us strength. He's provided us counsel to live a life that is not shaky. And I believe that God is stirring up a people right now. And he's saying, no more. I want your life to not be shaky no more. There are too many people that are dying and going to hell. Too many people that are in despair. Too many people that are lost. Too many people that are looking for hope. And if the people of God would begin to rise up and stand on a sure foundation, then they're going to be able to bring those people the hope that they need, the love that they need, the care that they need, the healing that they need, the provision that they need. God has given each one of us gifts. 
and talents. And God is asking us to, as the people of God, to pour it out. Amen? When you stand on the word of God, you become steadfast in your walk with him. And when you're steadfast, onlookers, observers, people that are looking in on your life will start to be sure of the God that you serve. It's attracting. Amen? We went to a funeral last week. And um, it was a dear friend of ours, and he, we, we got there, and there were hundreds of people. A friend of ours, his son died, 24 years old, tragic. And he is processing a lot of grief, a lot of pain right now. And we came there to, to give our love, to show our condolences, to, to show God's love just by giving him a hug. Sometimes people just need a hug. Sometimes people just need you to show up and just say, I'm here, whatever you need. Amen? But the devil's got us too busy and too distracted that sometimes we just shoo those things out of our mind. Make a, make a mental note that if somebody or some thing comes into your mind, God, the Holy Spirit oftentimes is nudging you to be at work for him. Because let me tell you, we were tired that day. We came to Chad's funeral here to be a support to Linnea. And then we we're like, oh, should we go? Should we not go? Well, we go. Hundreds of people. He pulls us. We go up to see him and he pulls us. He leaves his crowd and pulls us to the side. And he is just a mess. And he says, this is what he says. He said, I, for the last eight days that his son had died eight days ago, he said, I have just been upside down, cursing God and everything else. He goes, the minute that I saw you, I knew I knew inside of me that there is something that God is saying, hold on to me. And we told him, we promise you, God can handle all the feelings that you're going through, but you do not want to walk through this valley without God. And he turned and he looked at my husband and he said, I see your life, man. I see your life. And you are the biggest example in my life of what a godly husband and what a godly father looks like. He said, because of you, I want to believe in God. He said, I, it's, it's going to take me some time. It's going to take me some time, but give me your number. I, I, need to, I need to be in your life. I need you to be in my life. And we prayed for him and we left. But a steadfast walk is a sure way, a steadfast walk with standards on the truth of God's w word is a sure way for the people that are looking on the outside to look in and say, maybe, just maybe, I want to follow that God. And then they'll take steps forward. And we prayed for him. We prayed for him. And this week, he called. And he said, please, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. 
I got to start somewhere. So action. He came with action. And you know, Auntie, Auntie Marcia, I know you don't want much attention, but I just couldn't, I couldn't leave this part of my sermon without saying that people, she can't help it whether she wants it or not. People are looking in, onlookers. I mean, there's so much influence. And it's because you and uncle has, have had a steadfast walk with the Lord and your standards were secure. You established things. You put a marker in the sand at one point in your journey of faith and you said it's not going to move. And onlookers will look. And I declare and as we continue to believe and decree that as they look on in at the, at the journey that they are walking through, that they will come into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. People will come into the kingdom of God because of your walk, because of your steadfast walk with the Lord. On the inside where Uncle Mau, on the out, inside where Uncle Maui is, and on the outside where you are, the thing that connects you and He is the thread of Jesus Christ. And I thought about it, and I I thought about. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I thought, man, auntie, she's going through the fire right now. Do we believe that those stories in the word are to build us up today and now? Or there were, just, were they just child stories that we got excited about back then? God said, no, stir it up. Stir up the people. We got some people in here, not just Auntie Marcy, but we got some people that are walking through the fire. And you need to know that if you continue to stand on the word of God, God is going to be there in the fire with you. Because he has created us to be fireproof. He has created us to be fireproof. What does that even mean? That just means that as you walk through the heat and the heat comes your way and the things that you're going through just kind of burns at you. It's burning off the things that God no longer wants in your life that serves you. And you're going to come out and you're going to look a lot more glorious and you're going to look a lot more like him. It's a good thing. Because at the end of the day, it's more of him and less of me may it be that the songs we worship him with he gives us the strength to walk through on monday and tuesday and wednesday and thursday amen it's not easy but with god all things are possible You and I have the ability to live up to the standard, which is the word of God. So stand on the word of God. I can't say that enough. Romans 6.17 says, But thanks be to God that you who, are, who were once slaves in sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard, there's that word again, of teaching to which you were committed in other words he has created us as warriors as athletes he has created us to have the holy spirit which is big on the inside of us that shrinking back into this mentality that we cannot 
is not, is not what's going to serve our God. And it's not what's, what's going to help us grow into the likeness of God. Amen? He, has, he said we're no longer slaves to sin. The excuse of, oh, I just, I just can't stop doing that. I just, it's just too hard. These things. God's like, no, no more. You can. You can do hard things. You can think things through. You can make good choices. You can focus and power through. These are declarations that my kids and I say each morning. And it builds up our spirit, man. Living on his word. How do we live on his word? How do we stand on his word? This is how. We live by his principles. We live by his principles. When we live, catch this, when we live by his principles, we are less likely to be moved by our preferences. If you're taking notes, you need to write that down. Where, when you live by his principles, when we're sure of the standard in our life, when we are sure that God loves us, when we are sure that no weapon formed against us would prosper, when we are sure that he will never leave us nor forsake us, when we are sure that when he is weak, when we are weak, he is strong, when we are sure that he is our provider and the banner over us is victory, when we, he, when we are sure that he defeated the enemy, and we can walk in victory. Then we live by his principles. And when we live by his principles, we're less likely to live by our preferences. Why? Because we are, we are progressing into a disciple. That's what a disciple is. A disciplined one. No, I'm, gonna, I'm standing on the principles of God's word. My preference is to plug it in, right? Whatever your preferences is, whatever our flesh leans toward, that maybe even if we're honest, sometimes we just blame the devil. No, sometimes it's our flesh. But when we adhere to the principles of God's word, then what happens is it, it starts to become almost like habit. And to be honest, habits aren't a bad thing. Isn't that right? Good habits are a good thing. We're less likely to pick and choose from what the world has to offer because we're sure of our standards. So therefore, what happens? We start walking steadfast in his statutes. We're sure, so we begin to walk steadfast in his statutes. Amen? Ezekiel 20, verse 19 says this, I am the Lord your God. Do you know who your God is? I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes. Keep my ordinances. Not the trends, 
not society, not the next coolest thing, not what you're feeling, not what the book says, but my ordinances, my ordinances, and observe them. That's what Ezekiel 20:19 says. So how do we live by the principles of God's word? Are you ready? We saturate ourselves with the Savior. I feel like I had a slide here. No, it's coming up. Okay. So oftentimes, people get discouraged. So we're talking about the standard of God's word. Amen? And so I just wanted to to acknowledge that oftentimes we get discouraged or overwhelmed with the word of God. We're like, man, it's a, for one, it's a book. It's a big book, like small words, big book. Like it's a lot, you know, there's, there's other things that seem more entertaining or more relaxing or, you know, isn't that true? And then you wonder, I'm like, God, why did you choose to write things in a book? Like, what about a movie or, uh, like, do stuff in the stars, you know? Like, make water spout and all. Like, you just, like, you know, our attention, like, a book, reading. And then there's some people that are not good at reading, right? The reading comprehension, you read, and then you're like, wait, what did I read, you know? It's a, it's a real struggle, isn't it? Let's be honest. We get overwhelmed with the word of God. But I'm asking God, and this is what I've learned in my life. I'm asking God to give you an approach to theology that opens up the wonder of who God is again. And what is even theology? Theology is the knowledge of God. And I thought about it even this way. You know, we take the time to go to school. We take the time to go to college. We take the time to learn a trait. We take the time to study, study, study so we can get that electrical license or the driver's license. <laughs> there you go, Uncle Mika. But, you know, we, we, we invest. So begin to pray. If you are not a regular reader of God's word, if you are not in his word often, I encourage you, begin to pray. I just started saying, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes to your understanding. Get a Bible that's actually like not a phone, just for this purpose. And, and put your hand on the Bible. I have my kids put their hand on the Bible. And, and we just say, Lord, we love you. We love your word. Help us to understand your word. Lord, we're going to keep reading your word until you understand, until we understand your word. And we thank you that your word is alive. And it's active and it's seeds that are being planted in our spiritual heart. So tuck them away in our heart, Lord. And when we need them, please, by your Holy Spirit, let them come alive inside of me. And I promise you, the spirit of the living God will do a mighty work. And the wonder of God in your life will come alive. In every part of your life, not just on Sunday morning. Not just sometimes when you're having a good day and you're like, yeah, this is a really good story. Oh, yeah, I felt like I got something out of that one. Yeah, that's good. No, I'm talking about like immersed, 
saturated. We have to saturate ourselves with the Savior. This is what Deuteronomy 6, 7 says. You shall teach them diligence to your children. And you shall talk with them when you sit down in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lay down. And when you rise. We have a standard in our home that time in the word of God is the most important part of our day. And so we have our, we have our, our breakfast, and then, you know, there, there's a little hustle bustle, and there's a little um, chat, chatty. It's being, they're being real chatty. And then I just kind of I show them what we're working on for the day. We're actually going through a lesson to know who Jesus is. And so when they see my stuff, I, I just say, time with God, and they repeat my class, there's four, is the most important part of our day. That's what they say. But it's a standard that I want to hold in my home. So hold, take that for yourself. Take that as a tool. And let that be a part of let that be true for you, amen? So this is, um, I just wanted to have you watch how far Elisha, our four-year-old, has come in the word withholding to the standard of our family. And this is six scripture verses that at four years old, he's tucking into his heart. And I believe that as a mom, as a mom, I believe that one day when he needs this word, it will come alive to him. Hopefully, the, hopefully it's loud enough. Okay. Can you go higher? Almost fell. Men love darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saturate. Saturate. As a mom, I know that 
at some point in their life, they're going to have to choose for themselves. But God has asked me to steward their little lives for a time being. And so it is my job to saturate my children in the word. And I promise if you saturate yourself in the word of God, strength will rise up on the inside of you. We were created to be loved by God. This is what Romans 5, 8 says. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we saturate ourselves with God's love, then that love begins to pour out onto the lives of other people. Amen? 1 John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. So whoever lives Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I have this. I wanted to do a, um, a. I wanted to do it up here, but because we have new floors, I didn't think Pastor Gretchen would um, approve because it has a lot to do with water. But just think of the concept of having a water bottle, okay? And if you are a believer and you are not in the word and you're not standing on the word of God day after day and it's, you're not saturated in it, then it's like you being a spray bottle, okay? Just think, think it through here with me for a second. And you're a spray bottle and you're going about your, your, your work and you're at the store and you're at church and you're in your family and you spray, okay? You go, but you go to church and, and you pray and you... And, you know, you have a relationship with God. You believe in him. You love him. But I'm just, I just want to show the difference between um, saturated in God and, and just having him in our lives to an extent. And so the spray bottle is a representation of having him in your life to an extent. It might, your, the love of God and the influence that you have might rub off on other people. The, the residual spray might get on other people. It's coming on you and you feel a little refreshed when you're going through and we're, when you're in heat and you're walking through the fire. You know, it, it's, it's refreshing you when you go to the word. But when we saturate ourselves in the word... I don't have um, I don't I don't have audio, but when you saturate yourself in the word, all of a sudden you get wet. And all of a sudden you're just you're just you're just drenched. And so what happen is, what happens is when we are in the word, we we're refreshed. We got living water coming into our space. Okay? We're we're getting um, we're getting washed by the water of the word. So then everywhere we go, when people come into our space, they're, the drips that are all on us, it can't help but get onto them. The love of God can't help. You, you won't be able to not impact the people that you're around. And then, the, and then you're still saturating yourself with the word. You're worshiping. You know, you're, you're battling in the spirit, in, the, in speaking in tongues. You, you, you got your life plugged and standing on the word then more people come into your space and it's like you're just dripping they can't help but to get wet 
And you know what's funny? You do that, and sometimes people are uncomfortable because you're all wet and you're spewing on them. And they're like, oh, I don't know about your God, and I'm not sure about you know, what, what it is you're carrying over there. And that's fine. You leave the love of God, you leave the light of God, and you carry on. But there will be people, I promise you, when you saturate yourself in the word of God, the love of God is going to just emanate off of you and your impact and your influence to the people that do need God in that moment, that, that are open, that do need a, a, a drink of thirsty water. Oh, they're going to be so glad you came by to cool them off. It's good stuff, isn't it? So as you live by your standard, Know that your story will be stronger. Your impact will go further. And your influence will have, it will have a ripple effect for Jesus. There's enough, there is enough shaky stuff going on in the world. Be sure of your standard today. I pray we would all be changed by this word. In Jesus' name, amen.